Well, praise the Lord and God bless you this afternoon. Welcome to the Tabernacle Deliverance Sunday evening service. And I'm excited about what God is doing for us, with us, through us, and in the midst of us every day. I'm just excited about what God is doing. I know you should be excited too, regardless of what's going on, because God is doing some great things for us. Amen. And something to think about that God is still doing great things for us, regardless of what's going on around us. And there's a lot of stuff going on around us. Each day, we should strive more to um, be obedient to God's word and obtain what God wants us to obtain in life. So today, I want to talk to you about an interesting topic, and that topic is unbelief. But bow your head with me first. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come before you in the behalf of everybody under the sound of my voice. As you save, deliver, and make free. Break the yokes in their life. Make way that I don't know where from. Strengthen them with your word. Give them a mind to serve you and increase their faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, beloved. You can go to our website, the tabernaclederverseinc.org. And you can become a prayer partner, leave a testimony, and uh, well, you can leave a prayer request as well. well I mean, you can become a partner along with us to help us with the broadcast and stuff. You can look, look on up or come upon the page to learn more. All right. Now, those of you that's watching this broadcast, you also can, uh, that's watching the television broadcast, you can uh, go check us out on YouTube, Tabernacle Deliverance Incorporated. Um, or you can listen to our podcast, www.tabernaclepodcast.com. All right, get your Bibles. Get your Bibles. And let's talk about unbelief. You know, unbelief is something that um, many people, many people suffer with. Unbelief affects us in so many different ways in our personal life, our spiritual life, our financial life. It affects us so many different ways. So let's go to the word of God. Uh, Matthew chapter 13 and verse 58. And let's read. And he did not mighty works there because of their unbelief. Let's read that one more time. And he did not mighty works there because of their unbelief. The Lord couldn't do a lot of work. In that community, because the people just did not believe. Now, this is we're talking about the Savior here. We're not talking about your regular Joe preacher. We're talking about the Savior of the world and soon coming king. What happened was they didn't have faith to believe that it was him. They didn't realize. See, see, let me tell you something. Just because people go to church don't mean that they believe God. I'll say it again. Just because people go to church does not mean that they trust and believe God. That sounds kind of off-key. Just because a person goes to church does not mean that they serve and worship God. It does not mean that. It simply means they go to church. I'll say it again. It simply means that they go to church and they don't serve God. People go to church, go to churches and synagogues and places of worship for so many reasons. So many reasons people go to these places today. Some people go to these places because uh, somebody told them to go. They're going to meet somebody or they're having something there. And they know people that's going to be there. They go. But everybody's not going because for the cause of Christ or to get to know Jesus Christ and a pardon of their sins. They're not. Jesus could not do many works according to the scripture because of what? Their unbelief. 
Your unbelief will cause you to miss out on great blessings, on deliverance, your unbelief. It says, and he did not do many, many mighty works there because of their unbelief. That's, that's interesting. Because of their unbelief. They couldn't believe God was working with Christ. They couldn't believe that Jesus was the son of the living God. They had all kind of unbelief issue. Amen. And they could not receive full kingdom blessing. They couldn't get the deliverance that was needed. Now, there's no doubt some of them went back into the synagogue, called on God. Oh, God, touch us, save us, whatever they were called on God for. And God couldn't help them because he had a son name. His son was made available to them for deliverance, for healing, or whatever they needed. But their unbelief caused them to miss out on a once of a lifetime experience. Because Jesus didn't go every place again once he went there. He didn't go to every place over and over and over again and say, hey, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll be back. No, that wasn't always the case. Jesus didn't always go back where he was before. And it wouldn't be the same atmosphere. But these people lost out with God because of unbelief. You look through the children of Israel, they lost out what? Because unbelief. They dropped, they drop, as the scripture says, that caucus is dropped in the wilderness because of unbelief. Amen. Unbelief. What it will do to you. What it will cause you to lose. How you can lose out on great blessings because of unbelief. Let's move on. Let's go to Matthew 17. Matthew 17 and verse 20. Listen to this. This is Jesus talking. Listen to this. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, verily I say unto you, if you have faith in the grain of a musket seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence yonder place to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Hold on. Let's read it again. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of a musket seed, and ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Oh, that sounds exciting. That sounds so exciting. Come on, clap your hands, everybody, and give God praise. Hallelujah, that sounds great. Hallelujah. Everybody confess that scripture. Oh, yes, they do. In fact, they even made a, move, a, a, a song called Speak to the Mountain. Well, here's the truth. Unbelief can't move no mountain. What unbelief will do is make the mountain higher. It'll make the situ situation higher. It'll make the situation look more impossible. Unbelief. But, you know, you got to learn something about moving mountains in faith and unbelief. In some cases, you're going to have to do some fasting and praying to get those issues in your life to move out because too much flesh is in the way. As long as flesh is in the way, it'll hinder your faith. Oh, y'all don't hear me. As long as your flesh is in the way, it'll hinder your faith. Amen. Oh, people don't hear that. As long as your faith 
is hindered by your flesh, nothing's going to happen. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on, come on, come on. As long as your flesh is in the way, it's going to hinder your faith, and nothing's going to happen. Unbelief is a killer of faith, and faith is a killer of unbelief. They don't get along. I don't know why people think they get along. I think people think the devil and God are buddy buddy. They're not. They don't agree. agree. They can't stand each other. They despise each other. They do not like each other. You got to stand firm in your belief. You got to really get to know God for yourself. The scripture says that if you have a grain of a musket seed of faith, now check this out. I know for a fact that you got faith. Hey, sure, I can, I, can, I can prove it in the Bible. The Bible says God has given every man a measure of faith. He didn't say how much. He said a measure. How much is a measure? I don't know. I don't know. But yet this scripture here says, if you have a great faith, there's a grain of a musket seed. Now check this out. Beloved, a musket seed is a very tiny seed. Very tiny. But once it's planted, beloved, it grows into a great and strong tree and have beautiful branches. But beloved, that seed takes years to grow into that. It's not in one day and not in one year. You got to grow your faith. You know how you grow your faith? By reading God's word, by obeying God's word. And what? See, one of the reasons why God wants you to obey him so you can learn him and see his work. You can see him move and your faith grow. Amen. That's why God wants us to obey him. That's why God wants us to live right. That's why God wants us to call on him in the days of trouble and he will deliver. But we got to have a faith in the grain of a musket seed to start. Jesus said, where is your faith? Oh, some people left their faith home. Some people left their faith home. They don't bring it to church with them. They think pastor's faith is going to carry it. Well, you want to know something? A man or woman of God's faith can carry you. But if they die, you're going to die. Because they ain't going to have no faith. You got to exercise the faith that God gives you to destroy the works of unbelief in your life. You got to destroy the works of unbelief. Not everybody, the minute they heard about Christ, got saved. Did you hear me? Not everybody, the minute they heard that Jesus Christ was the Son of God and he was capable of saving them, got saved. Did you hear what I said? Not everybody that got saved, the minute they heard about Christ, they still were living in unbelief. They still were living in doubt. When I got saved, I'm going to tell you the truth. Uh, I was at a youth service. And uh, the first time I went there, I didn't understand what they were talking about. Well, General, he asked me, what I, did I want to get saved? I said, no, nah, I ain't interested in that. I misheard what he said. The next time I went there, I went to a youth meeting at this church that I, uh, I was visiting. 
And I, one of the sisters was telling how she knew they have used to have a, a, a radio station called WBLS. And she testified to how she get up in the morning and she lifted WBLS when she to get dressed and everything. So I said to myself, oh, being saved, I can do all that. I can still do all that stuff. I can still listen to my music and do my thing. So I gave my life to the Lord because I heard she, based off her testimony, um, I found out that that wasn't true. I'm not God saved. I found out what she testified was not according to the scripture. It was according to what she wanted to do. Amen. However, I got saved. I gave my life to the Lord. And then I had to learn how to live for God. And it sure wasn't getting up in the morning listening to WBLS. <laughs> but that was her theories. That was her thoughts. And she felt that God was in it. God is not in everything. That's a fact. So the scripture here said, Jesus said, if you have a grain of a musket seed of faith, you can speak. You know what? Faith and fear does not connect. I'll say it again. Faith and fear does not connect. You cannot live in faith and have fear. You know why you see somebody, you ever watch YouTube or watch any of these sports shows? You see these guys getting these cars and do 100 to 200, 300 miles an hour. They do those racing cars, Indy 500. They be flying. They, they're fearless people. They drive fearlessly. Then you got skydivers. These guys that do stuff you'll never do, they're fearless. They have faith in what they do. They have faith in their training. And they said, I've seen others do it, so I'm going to do it. That's I'm, I'm serious. And I'm going to take a step further. A grain of a musket seed faith. But unbelief will kill your grain and your seed. Amen. If you allow, excuse me, if you allow unbelief to seep into your life and seep into your mind, you'll lose all your battles. You have no victories. My pastor used to say, once you get one victory under your belt, you know you can get another. I learned that. You got to learn how to praise God regardless of what the eye Satan is here. What your eyes see. And your ears hear. But I want to tell you something. The Bible says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither have I entered in the heart to men the things that God has prepared for them that love him. And you got to love God through faith, not unbelief. See, unbelief and fear blocks God from reaching back to you. You got to trust him. Of course, that's why you got to get to know what this Bible says for yourself. You got to read it for yourself. You got to apply the word of God to your life. Ask God to open your understanding of his word. People read the Bible with no understanding. They just open it and read it. They don't ever ask God to open their understanding and God, I'm going to just read. And then they complain, I don't understand. You got to ask him to give you understanding. It's his word. Ask it. But unbelief. Unbelief seems to deteriorate anything it touches. It seemed to eat up and destroy everything it touched. Oh, y'all ain't listening to me? 
Unbelief. Unbelief does more damage to things than anything. Unbelief likes to eat away everything. It likes to nip at everything. It likes to munch on everything. It likes to deteriorate everything. But faith builds up. Faith builds us up to stand strong. Unbelief brings us down to feel sorry for ourselves. There's a difference between the two. Faith and unbelief do not walk hand in hand. They don't get along. They don't walk together. The Bible says, how can two walk together except they agree? They don't agree. You have to get your grain of a musket seed faith in line with God's word. Did you hear me? You gotta get your faith in line with God's word. That's why you could defeat faith, uh, unbelief. unbelief. What do we do? Unbelief accords you to act foolish on your job. Because you heard something somebody said. You heard somebody say, oh, you know, they're not going to, they're not giving out no promotion. And then you start believing that. Amen. And now you already prayed before for God to bless you with a promotion. Now, because you heard what they said, unbelief is starting to eat away at your prayers. It started eating away at your faith. But the Bible tells us to be strong in faith. To be all vigilant. On our guard at all times. Because Mr. Unbelief wants to come and visit you. And stay and take over your home. You ever notice? In fact, listen to this. I know a family. This is the truth. I know a family that had a daughter and the daughter had her own place. You're not going to believe it, but the rest of the family moved in and took over her apartment and she had to move the way they couldn't find her. <laughs> I'm not making this up. This really happened to someone I know. They had their own nice apartment. And they had a little baby. But the mother decided to move in and take over her apartment. And the sister came, then the brother came. Everybody took over her home. So she told me, Pastor Wells, I'm moving. But please don't let them know where I'm moving. I don't want them to come here and take over my place again. She had to skip town. I mean, literally leave house without anybody knowing where she's at to this day. Because she know how family is. That's how unbelief works. He'll creep in your life and take right over. He'll take over everything God has for you. Did you hear what I said, beloved? He'll take over everything that God has for you and make sure you don't get it. Oh, he'll rip you off. He's a con artist. He knows how to con people. He, I, I'm not, he's not new at this. He's been conning people forever. He's not new at conning people. He's not new at screwing people over. He's not new at causing people to lose their life. He's not new at this. Stand firm in your belief. Know God's word for yourself. Let's move on. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. The word of God is always 
gonna be the same. It's not changing. We change. We're the type that change constantly. But God said, I'm the Lord that God that changes not. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 19. Uh, verse 12, excuse me. Hebrews chapter uh, 3, verse 12. And it reads as follows. Take heed, brother, least that be that there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief departing from the living God. Let me read it again. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief departing from the Lord. I want to tell you something. Did you hear what he just said? An evil heart of unbelief. You could get right in church building and backslide. You could come right in the church saved and backslide Amen. and be filled with unbelief and just do all this religious stuff. And a lot of people do that. I've even heard one person that I know personally say that they backslid right in the church. Back then, I didn't understand. How could, how could you possibly backslid out of the church? You're with the wrong people. Run with the wrong people. And you're backslide right in church. Free cause. Free sin. But I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says the wages of the sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's just, just something to think about. Unbelief would do. Unbelief would have you backsliding in a church. And you'll shout, oh, glory, 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 hallelujah. And you'll be right in a choir, right in a pulpit, ushering, be a counselor all. And be lost. I remember a young man, one of the brothers, he was very active in the church. One of the best dressed brothers in the church. He was one of the best brothers in the church. One of the most well-liked brothers in the church. One of the most active brothers in the church. Was close with the pastor. Was the top, was the, what, I think he was the head counselor at the council. We had counselor. I used to be a counselor uh, at the altar and stuff. And he was the head counselor. One day, the pastor, Apostle Washington, my pastor, said, So-and-so, you need to get saved. Everybody look at this pastor Washington like he was crazy. Now, everybody know this guy saved. This guy has done all this. He's a counselor, teaching people God's word. And when he goes to the altar to get saved, he can sing on X, Y, Z. And Pastor Washington, the Spirit of God, unctioned him and said, So and so, you need to repent of your sin and get saved today. Everybody looking at Pastor Washington like he's crazy. And he's out of his mind now. Pastor lost his mind. And the brother comes up to the altar, save me, Lord. <laughs> He let his told him that he would never save. He was just, he thought he didn't have to get saved. Because his mother was saved. He thought he didn't have to get saved. He was doing all the work. He was counseling people coming to the hospital to get saved. Oh my gosh. Did you hear that? He was a counselor at the altar telling people the word of God because he knew the scripture but didn't know the Savior. Oh, you got to be careful, beloved. You must be born again, beloved. It's not how much you know about God. You must be born again. You must accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior or you'll be lost. This young man was a young man. He would, he would, he would have been even on his way to a, a hell that he didn't have to go to. Did you hear me? He didn't have to go. He was just religious. And there's many religious people in the church today. Multitudes and multitudes of people. Uh, the, the church is over now. The outbreak died down. People are going to be running back to church and do the same thing. I never know Christ. 
Unbelief. Unbelief will have you thinking that, ah, I don't need to be saved. Go to church. I'm good. I don't need to be saved. All I do is got to go to church and I'm good. I know the pastor, he prays for me. My mama prays for me. My friends pray for me. I'm good. I don't need to be saved. They have no idea that salvation is a personal thing. Jesus said, I come that you might have life. He said, might. And have it more abundantly. But you ain't having it more abundantly if you don't know him. The word of God never changes. Paul said that I might know him in the fellowship of his suffering. And, uh, I might know him in the fellowship of his suffering. In his suffering in the fellowship of his resurrection. Get a little twist on that. Paul wanted to know Christ through his suffering. And he wanted to know the fellowship of his resurrection. What power the resurrection had. What power the suffering had. People are interested today. But this scripture here in verse 12 says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in, be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. Departing from the living God, walking away, and you're right there in the church. You let people come in there and turn you around. People that live in unbelief. You're going to run with that. What you think going to happen to you? You're going to start living in unbelief and you're going to lose out with God. When Jesus went to the cross, the works of unbelief was destroyed. However, until we accept the finished work of Jesus Christ, unbelief will still reign in our lives. We have to accept the finished work of Jesus Christ. What was done on Calvary? When he rose from the dead, we must accept that he rose from the dead and he gave us faith. The Bible says he's given every man a measure of faith. You got to find your faith. You want your find in your faith? Get in God's word. Build up your faith, your most holy faith through the word of God. Let God's word build up your most holy faith. <laughs> that you can walk with God in peace. That you can be an example to others in your home. In the times we're living in, you need faith in God. You need to have trust in God. You need to be able to lean on God in the midst of everything going on around you. You know what? You need to turn your television off. You need to turn your tablet off from watching all these crazy shows. Sometimes you got to turn them off. We get wrapped up, bound up in these things where we can't serve God. But that's not God's plan. That is not God's plan for us. Bow your head for a moment. I want to pray for those watching the TV broadcast. Father, in Jesus' name, I touch every little soul watching this broadcast right now. Oh, God, meet every need in their lives. Oh, God, save, deliver, and make free. Break the yokes, oh, God. Give them strength to stand in your word, oh, God, with faith, oh, God, that they might be saved and destroy the works of the devil in unbelief. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's move on. Let's go to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6 and verse, and verse 6. Look at that verse. 
Mark chapter 6, verse 6. And it says as follows. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he ran round about the village, the village's teaching. I'll read it again. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went round about the villages teaching. He couldn't do many works there because of their unbelief. He could only do a few, couple of lay hands on a couple of people that were sick. He couldn't do much. The whole place was living in belief. They were living in unbelief. Their whole life was centered around unbelief. So the Lord had to go around all the villages in the area, different area, and minister and teach that because where he had visited, the people lived in unbelief. And you couldn't do that. Not, not much for that. Now, here's the thing about this. If you allow unbelief to rule your home, you will lose out on hundreds and hundreds of blessings that God has installed for you. When I quote that scripture, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither have it entered the hearts of men, and the things that God has prepared for them that love them is true. But we miss out simply because we do not grow our faith. Simply because we do not grow our faith in God. Healing. And deliverance is for you. Healing and deliverance is for you. And that's through faith. I'm dead serious. Miracles and all that. If by your faith these things happen, you expecting God to do. If you live in unbelief, nothing's going to happen. Okay, this is the, the scripture said he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Why? Because they were expecting it. You got to be expecting God. You got to be expecting God to send his word and heal you and deliver you from your destruction. You got to be expectant. You got to be expecting it. Amen. You can't. Listen to this, beloved. You can't. Run around. Telling people you trust in God. And then run around to another group of people saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I got bills to pay. I don't know what to do. Then you run around the church, folks, you know, say, I'm waiting on God to make a way. I'm waiting on God to wait. That's unbelief. That's confusion. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things you have not seen yet. You got to have faith to trust God to move in your behalf. You got to have faith without faith. Your works is that. Look at that scripture. Look at the scripture. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went round about the villagers teaching. Now, this is the Lord. People don't look at that verse. Look at that verse. It's telling you something. 
the Lord was actually expecting these people to expect something from him. That's why he marveled. He was stunned that they wasn't expecting nothing because they lived in unbelief. He went there expecting these people to be willing to receive what he has for them. They didn't want it because they lived in unbelief. He marveled, shocked, stunned at them. That they had the Lord of glory right amongst them. But they choose not to believe. A lot of people today, they go through different things in life, and yet they just don't believe. We're so today, we're so technically involved in artificial intelligence to the point where we depend on it. It's going to tell us what to do. And artificial intelligence isn't telling me what to do. God's going to tell me what to do. He's going to guide my step. We have to worship God. We have to trust God. And know God is speaking to us when the devil is trying to talk to us. Third of discouragement, try to talk to us. Let's go to Romans chapter 3. Amen. Romans chapter 3. And verse 3. Listen to this. For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? Let me read that again. For what if some did not believe? Shall, I, but shall their unbelief make God faith, make faith, the faith of God a non effect? That's a great question. That was a question that was asked. He didn't ask in this question. Look at that verse again. Look at that verse again. Excuse me, Paul. If you live in, in unbelief, it isn't going to affect the faith of God. No. It's not going to have no effect upon the faith of God. And it's not going to have no effect upon those that trust God. God is a God of faith, and you're not going to change that. I said, God is a God of faith and belief, and you're not going to change that. Your own belief will never hinder God from doing his work, but it will hinder you from receiving from him. Amen. Your own belief will cause you to lose out and be hindered from receiving from God. Why? Because it's unbelief. But if you have unbelief, let's look at the scripture again. Let's look at that verse again. Let's look at that verse one more time. For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? That's how some people think it. Oh, if I don't believe God, oh well. Oh well, forget about it. I don't believe God. I don't believe in God. Oh well. Now he don't exist. <laughs> Beloved, just as I drink this water. It ain't changing God. God 
will always be God. He was God before we came, and he's going to be God after we die. That's the funny thing about it, because he's omniscient, he's self-existent. So whether we live or die, the faith of God will still be there. The Bible said faith without works is dead. The Bible also said that he that cometh to God must first believe that he, believe that he is an able. <laughs> you ain't doing that in unbelief. You're not coming to God in unbelief because he ain't paying you no mind. You got to have faith in God. You got to have faith in God, beloved. I heard a preacher say, where's your faith? You better go and find out where you dump your faith and get your faith together. A grain of a musket seed. Some people, listen to this. Some people have been living in unbelief so long, they don't know what faith is. And they haven't. Did you hear me? Some people have been living in unbelief so long, they have no clue what faith is. There are countries, listen to this, that have faith in God. They trust God and they don't have all the things we have. They don't have all the technology we have. They don't get to hear all the gospel the way we, the gospel is 24 hours a day, 365 days a year in America. This is 24 hours a day. You could turn on somewhere and get some kind of gospel, whether it's scams, wham, and they still giving you some scriptures. It's true. False prophets, everybody uses the scriptures. The word of God is being around 24 hours a day in America. We are inexcusable and we're gonna be lost if we don't repent. But other countries. Some countries have more faith in God than we do. And they don't budge. I don't care how much the devil bothers them. They don't budge from their faith. They stand on God's word. They take the little scriptures they have out of this Bible. And they learn. And they hold on them to their life. They hold on to the word of God for their life. They don't let nobody move them. Amen. They don't let nobody detail them. Because they hold it on to eternal life. And holding on to the horns of the earth of today here in America, it's easy to turn people away. People like to hear, they got engineers, they want to hear somebody prophesy to them. Even if they prophesy to them, they want to hear them, then they get mad with God because it don't come to pass. Everybody the prophet today. Everybody got a word from God. The Lord spoke to me. The Lord spoke to me. Well, according to my Bible, according to this Bible right here, God didn't speak to Moses that much. God speaks to these guys every day. And I keep asking them, how come God hasn't told you COVID was coming? How come God hasn't told you the Delta virus was coming? They don't have no answer, but God speaks to them 24 hours a day. You want to know something? In the old day, when there was something coming, on the land, the prophets will stand up in the church and say that there's a there's a uh, 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 there's a flood coming, uh, there's a famine coming. They're gonna come up and tell the church these turkeys ain't got nothing. But I need you to send ten thousand dollars if you can to help my ministry. Send a thousand dollars if you can. Send what you can. I'll buy my new buck. And then some of them are threatening you that God's gonna curse you. God is going to curse you if you don't give. I've heard one preacher say, it. God's going to curse you if you don't send me a check for $1,000. $100,000. One that for $100,000. You guys are crazy. 
But you know, some rich, crazy fools, they sent it. Because they live in fear. You got to get to know God for yourself. But the thing here is, beloved, faith without works is dead. Faith and unbelief don't connect. Faith and unbelief don't work together. They're two different individuals. One tears down and one builds up. Unbelief does not build up. Unbelief doesn't have a reputation of building up nothing. It has a reputation of tearing things down and destroying lives, community. But faith and belief, they walk together. Amen. Faith and belief walk together because they encourage one another to build up and move forward. Amen. Unbelief will cause you to sit in the flood and die. Did you hear me? Unbelief will cause you, I'm afraid to go outside. But if you don't leave here, you're going to die. No, I don't want to go outside. I don't believe so. I believe it's best to stay here. The building is being flooded. Let's get out of here. No, I might die while I'm outside. And the person tells them, I'll tell you what. I'm leaving. If you survive, give me a call. <laughs> if you survive this flooding here, and the building's halfway flooded now, if you survive, give me a call. I'm out of here. Why? Because that person knew that if they lived in unbelief, that they were going to survive in that place, they were going to die along with that dummy. Did you hear me? Faith and faith don't mix. It sounds funny, but it's true. People die every day through unbelief with sicknesses, operations. You know what? Some people have had operations that were successful and they still die. People say, how could they die? I've heard stories. Now listen to this. You want to, you want to talk about unbelief? How dangerous it is. I heard a true story about a man. He worked on uh, um, the shipyard with the train. The train yard. And he was afraid, always afraid of freezing to death in one of the trains. <laughs> so somehow one day, something happened and he got locked in the freezer. And he couldn't, nobody could hear him. Everybody had left. He got locked in one of the train freezers. And he froze to death. He literally froze to death. So when they opened uh, the train the next morning, they said him frozen to death. And everybody was scratching their head. How could he die frozen? When the, 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 the air conditioning, the thing is broken. It don't work. It's not even on. It's fair. And unbelief killed him. That's right. His fear and unbelief killed him. He didn't believe that that air conditioner wasn't on, even though it was connected. It wasn't connected to nothing. His fear of dying and freezing to death in there froze him to death. His fear paralyzed him. Many people get operations and die because of fear. They hit, tell them, you, it's not, it's not okay. It's not okay. You're going to die and you die. I know one young lady. 
she died. Even though she was told she didn't have breast cancer, she went, they went and got that operation out of unbelief. And the doctor even turned around and said they didn't see no cancer after they cut her open. She came home and fell and slipped and burst her breast open, and that was the end of her. She died. She bled to death. Unbelief. Unbelief have a way of mutilating your, your mentality, mutilating your strength. That's what unbelief does. It strips you bare bone. Not just naked, bare bone. It strips the spiritual faith off you. It strips the spiritual skin off you. It rips everything off you, bare bone. Amen. That's unbelief. Do you want it? Do you want unbelief? Do you want a wall in unbelief? Stand firm on God's word. Let's move on. Amen, amen. All right, let's go to Mark chapter 9, verse 24. Mark chapter 9, verse 24. Mark chapter 9, verse 24, and it says this to this. It's an interesting story. And straight away the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. I'll read it again. And straight away the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. That's what you got to do. You got to. Sincerely ask God to help your unbelief. Amen. You see, you grow in faith. You grow in faith step by step by step by step by trusting God. That's why you got to ask God, help thou my unbelief. Help thou my unbelief. I'm going to get a job in the midst of everything going on. Help me that I'm going to get a home that I need a home. Help me to, to believe that you're going to make a way for me to get my home, my car. So I can get back up off the work. Amen. Help me on my journey. Help me on my way, Lord. Help me to believe. Help me to trust. Help me to trust you. Amen. You, you deal with people every day. You deal with family every day. Some believe in God, some don't. That has nothing to do with you. Don't get frustrated because some family don't want to serve God. That's not your business. It is your business to tell them the truth and live right before them. It's not your business to make them do nothing. You can't make them do nothing anyway. You're wasting your time. You don't want, you surely don't want them coming to church just for you. They ain't never going to be saved. That's right. Amen. And never gonna be saved. I have a I have a witness here that a few years ago I was doing Bible study at Brother Oliver House. We used to do Bible study at Brother Oliver House. And uh one of the uh, mothers that was there, her daughter came. Well, she used to make a come. And out of a clear blue sky, she said she wanted to get saved. This is the kid. She had planned to get saved. Before she left the home, she never said nothing to her mother. Her mother had no clue what was going on. 
I did a basic Bible study. I don't know if it was about salvation. I can't remember. And she said, Pastor Wells, I want to get saved. I said, what? You want to get saved? I was shocked. I was more shocked because you don't know how people going to respond, especially this girl. She always used to go to her friend's house when it was a Bible study and come back. But I was noticing this night she just wanted to be a Bible study. I didn't say nothing. I just did Bible study. And when we get ready to end and everything, she said, Pastor Wells, I want to get saved. She gave her life to the Lord. You don't know who wants to be saved. Amen. You must believe that everybody truly wants to be saved. But you can't save them. Our job is to live in faith and walk on with God in faith. Walk on with God in faith and in trust and dependence upon him. Stay. It's just something. It's just something to think about. And you don't know who are the heirs of salvation. I always talk about that. You don't know who are the heirs of salvation. Amen. Who wants to truly walk with God? You don't know. So the scripture here says, and straight away the father of the child cried out. Mark 9, 24, and straight away the father of the child cried out and said with this, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. And that's, you've got to do that. You want to grow your faith? Ask God to help you with this unbelief issue. Ask God to reveal himself to you. And your faith will really start growing. Ask God to reveal himself to you. And the only way that you would know. Everybody's not getting revelations. Did you hear me? Everybody's not getting a revelation and vision and all that. God knows how to deal with us all individually. Ask God to deal with you individually. Ask God to reveal himself to you. He has the ability to reveal himself to you. He has the ability to break the yokes around you. Amen. And tear down walls. Yes, for you. Let's move on. Let's go to Romans chapter 4 real quick. Romans chapter 4 and verse 20. Listen to this. This is important. Romans chapter verse 20. Romans chapter 4 verse 20. King James Version says, He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Let me read it again. <coughs> Excuse me. He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Abraham believed God. What are you going to do? You got to be strong in faith and don't stagger at the promises of God in unbelief. Know that God said it and hold him to it. Know that God's going to make a way and hold him to it. Did you hear me? Amen. Know that God is going to make that way out of no way and hold him to it. Don't stagger at the promises of God. 
because they ain't amen in him. Don't stand out the promises that God has for you. You got to praise God for what you want from him. You got to worship God for his promises that's directed towards your life. You got to learn how to bless God in the midst of the storm. You got to learn how to worship God when nothing is going right. Don't stand out the promises of God because they ain't amen in him. He will make ways out of the way for you. He'll bring deliverance for you and he'll break those yokes. He'll tear down those birds, those walls. Don't stagger at the promises of God. Don't stagger at the promises of God. Don't stagger. Don't be weary in wild doings. Stand firm in God. And know that God is a way maker. And know that God is a deliverer. He's also a friend. That's what I like about God. He's also a friend. He could be a dear friend to you. Mm. He could be a dear friend to you when you have that. Amen. Don't stagger at the promises of God. <clears throat> know what the promises of God are for your life. The Bible says, and I accept this as a promise to me, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. What are the promises you know for you? Huh? He said, Lord, with you always, <coughs> even to the end of the age, God is with you. Even when everything falls apart, you got to know that God is there. You got to know that God is working with you, for you, and through you. Every day, every moment, and every hour of the day. You got to know that God is there. Unbelief is not going to help you know that. You got to activate that faith. Because he's giving every man I mentioned the faith. Lord, help me. For my unbelief, that's what you got to say. I believe. God, help me. But my unbelief. Let's move on. Let's go now to Hebrews chapter 4. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 11. Listen to this. Let us labor therefore to enter into the rest. Least any man fell after the same example of unbelief. I'll read it again. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest. Least any man fall after the same example of unbelief as the children of Israel. Least we wind up like the children of Israel who fell, the Caucasus fell in the land outland. Why? Because unbelief. God brought them out of Egypt. <clears throat> he did them no good. Regardless of what God did, they still lived in unbelief. You got to be careful. You cannot live in unbelief and expect God to work with you. You'll get tired of it. You cannot expect God to move in your behalf and you live in unbelief. It's not going to work. It's not going to work, beloved. It's not going to work. Amen. Stand firm. And your belief in God's word. Hold God's word there to your heart and act upon it. Confess the word of God with your mouth. 
Do you know the scripture said, Robert, if thou confessest thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thy heart that God rose him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. See there? Confession. Which I'm up, not to no man, but to God. Not no priest. They can't save you. You have to knock unbelief out with a serious punch. And get your faith activated in God's word. Don't live in unbelief. Don't live in doubt. Don't live in fear, but live in faith in God's word. Unbelief is a criminal. Unbelief is a criminal on the loose. They need to be arrested. And you need to arrest them with faith. Arrest them out of your life. He's running loose to wreck your life if he can. You got to pull him over and put him in cuffs. He's going to put up a fight, but you got to make your sheriff, Mr. Faith, do his job. But the only way you're going to get that is by getting in God's word and spend some time in prayer and worship before God. That's how you defeat the enemy. Not just listen to some gospel song. Uh-uh. You got to get in that word of God for yourself. You got to read the word of God and settle it and settle in you. Just like the word of God is settled in heaven, that word of God got to get settled in your life. <clears throat> you got to surrender your life to God and allow God to really work with you. Why? Because you want what God has for you. Look at that verse. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into the rest. Least any man fall after the example, after the same example of unbelief. You got to really read the word of God. You got to really understand what he's saying. You don't want to fall into this. The Bible tells us in Hebrews also that there's so cloud of witnesses of people that did the right thing and did the wrong thing for us to see. Know that? There's all kind of examples. People get upset when they go to church that they see people uh, acting like the devil or whatever they're doing. The church building is a revolving door. It has all kind of, I call it like a, I, I call it like a, a fish tank, or aquarium tank. Aquarium tank has all kind of fish in it. Good ones, bad ones, some that'll eat you in a second. <laughs> I was holding a baby on last Sunday. Listen to this. This baby has no teeth, but that baby bit the, oh my gosh, that baby bit the mess out of me. Had no teeth. He had no teeth, but the baby bit me. I'm like, ouch! Had no teeth. That's how unbelief is. I believe in like a raw lie, like the devil going about, but ain't got no teeth. But he's still going to try and bite you. He's still going to try and bite you. You got to watch him. You got to watch unbelief. Amen. He's sneaky. Unbelief is very tricky and very deceptive. Unbelief will sneak in and try and take you out of here. got to watch him. He's very tricky and very sneaky. That's unbelief. Labor to enter into the rest of God. Live right. 
Walk before God and obey God's word every day. Obey God's word every day. Even if it hurts. Trust him. Lean on him and depend on him. Let's move on. We're just about finished. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 19. Listen to this. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 19 19 says, so we see they could not enter because of unbelief. So we see they could not enter into God's rest because of unbelief. The children of Israel couldn't enter God's rest because of Mr. Unbelief. They hung out with him and he hung out with them. When you hang out with unbelief, he's not leaving you. He's going to make sure he called you to miss out on eternal life. I said, unbelief is not going to just walk away. Amen. That's why the man cried and said, Lord, I believe, help thou mine believe. Because unbelief is just not walking away. He's not, he's not quitting. You're going to have to knock him out and have somebody drag him out. Arrest him in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm serious. Unbelief is not going to live willingly. They mean sin. They don't leave it willingly. They got to be put out. They got to be excommunicated. They got to be removed. They got to be kicked out. So the scripture here, look at this scripture again, verse 19 of chapter 3 of Hebrews. So we see that they could not enter because of unbelief. That's something to think about. Here's another scripture. Listen to this. There's a scripture a lot of people bypass and don't pay attention to. There's a scripture that says that Jesus said that my father will look at those branches on my tree and those that don't bear fruit, he's going to cut them off. He's going to cut them off. That's those people that just accept the Christ as their personal Savior and will not live nothing. Will not be fruitful. Will not expand the word of God. Will not help people. Will not do nothing. But Jesus said, my father is going to cut them off. You got to be careful. You cannot live in unbelief. You can't just go to church to go to church. You must. You must, you must be born again. You must activate the faith that God's given you. He said he's given every man a measure of faith. You got to activate that faith Amen. every day. Based off this word of God. Amen. Not off the organization you go to. Because you know what? Many church organizations teach all kind of things. A lot of things they teach and have people do. There's nowhere in God's word. Absolutely nowhere in God's word. I remember there's one guy that they were, well, Daddy Grace or whatever his name was, they were worshiping him. I didn't told you to worship no man. He said, I'm the Lord thy God. I shall worship me only. Oh, you you got to really get your life together. If there's anybody listening to this broadcast today that don't know the Lord as your personal Savior, let us pray. That you would give your life to the Lord. I'll pray. You pray along with me, and the Lord will come into your life if you trust Him and believe. Bow your head and repeat after me Lord Jesus.
I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to come into my heart to be my Lord and my personal Savior. I thank you for dying on Calvary and rising on the third day. I thank you for saving me and coming into my life today. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, beloved, you could go to the Tabernacle Deliverance, inc.org, leave your prayer request, leave a testimony, and you could also become a partner and help us with a, a broadcast. And you could either you could leave a love offering or something at uh, the Cash App, that's Pastor B.L. Well, the Cash App, help us with the television broadcast, the podcast, and uh, other television broadcasts that we'll be doing soon. Uh, just a Bible study that we do. Okay, on Wednesday night, we have Bible study right here. I'll see you then at 8 o'clock. God bless.